0: This is Booker McFarlane, and you're listening to Chasing Birdies.
1: All right, guys, it's Thursday, and that means another episode of Chasing Birdies. Thank you for joining us today, man. I hope you all enjoy this one. My man, what's up?
2: Thank you for joining us, bud. Oh, you're
1: welcome. Thank you for I having mean, me.
2: This is my third time this week seeing you. Looping the birthday yep. party that we had, and then our ex-golf event, Mm-hmm. Thank you to X-Golf for having us out. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. Good to see everybody, meet people, hopefully some new listeners, drink some beers. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And thank you to Lynx Brewing mm-hmm. for being a sponsor of the show. Um, they brew the Chase and Birdies Blondale Dynamite. People enjoyed it. And uh, make sure you go to lynxbrewing.com to buy some. And only if you're in Pennsylvania, though. You can buy it. Go pick it up. Or have it shipped within PA. Um, so good stuff. thank you to those guys. And we, you know what, dude?
1: We We popped a few of those with some of the boys last Saturday night up at Nemecol for, for a little birthday celebration. And the Chasing Birdies Blondells were just flowing, man. I mean, I only had two, but they were delicious and cold. Always a good time. But you mm-hmm. know what? Um, you guys got to bear with us today because a lot has happened for us here in the last two weeks since the last episode Obviously, we have a good guest on today's show, but we, we just got to talk a little bit right now. So you guys got to just give us a stage, listen. um, and, and let's go back because, you know, if you're following us along on the Instagram handle, Jason underscore birdies, mm-hmm. you probably saw Pep getting into a little tequila down there at Pine Needles, mid Pines, Southern Pines, when the 2023 Pine Needles Invitational. Uh, unfortunately, our our good friend and, you know, great friend of the show, Brandon Katzoff could not make it this year due to a family emergency. However, leave it to Steve Peering to
2: just walk on in, bud. Who would have thought? Steve Peering uh, happen to be in town that night anyways. So I had to make him the call on Tuesday. Uh, you know, he was in the minors. Mm-hmm. And uh, we called him up. And he was there for the call up and he played in a gross event which i had had to tell him like but this is not like where they're not dotting your scorecard before we go out like this is i know
1: all gross yeah he thought he was at a bingo town hall meeting because he's looking for dots and we're like but
2: it's gross (laughs) there's no dots so oh man I i can't thank him enough he was a trooper he never complained he was a blast he sold me that he didn't snore he did in fact snore i might you know, he got a driver overnight for Friday, missed Friday's round, probably could have really used it Friday. It was a lot better for him on Saturday and Sunday. Um I might have witnessed the first par three yips of that I've ever seen. Um Oh my god. I I, I didn't know that was really a thing, but I think um Steve might have the par three yips, because other than that, he was he played pretty solid the last nine holes uh, at Mid Pines, and then he played good the first nine holes of Southern Pines on Sunday, and uh, just gets to that par three. Man, I don't know if he's just thinking a little too much or what. This that or the other. I gave a piece of advice on the irons. I don't know if he's gonna take it. I yeah, don't
1: know, man. yeah, no, it was
2: it was. You know, we both
1: both of us missed the cut. I mean, Eden and I played very well on Friday. And yeah, I thought we were going to just roll it on over into Saturday, but we took a couple steps back on Saturday, missed a cut by two, ended up at Southern Pines with you two yo-yos, and we had a blast. The four of us played together. You were on a tear, bud. I mean, you shot, what, 68, 67? Three yeah, 68. And frankly, you know, you missed a couple putts. You, you bogeyed the one par three. Yeah, 66 in the bag all day for you, bud. I'm proud of you. That was awesome. That was awesome. And obviously it showed because – by the time he walked off 18, I mean, buddy, you couldn't even walk straight. We're like, yeah, this guy I, he to tequila? The, the,
2: yeah, the tequila. got into some beers on Sunday. Sunday was fun. Steve, uh, I made a bogey on a par five. I had two bogeys. made a bogey on a par five. Steve made par, saved us there. And then I made a bogey on a par three. But uh, it was fun. It's always fun when you get into a, a little bit of a zone. Always good
1: time down there. So we'll, uh, we'll look forward to that next year. Um, PGA Tour. Mm-hmm. The players mm-hmm. you guys probably watched that last weekend over you know and i did take a couple horses in the race i took victor hovland i took ricky fowler on a chance I took cam young um none of those won for me but hovland made it interesting scheffler number one in the world now there's no doubt about it i mean obviously he started a little shaky on sunday but that round on saturday was he gonna fumble and lose the lead and the answer is no well what'd you think about it
2: First off, that place is it's it's fun to watch a little bit. You know, Rory missed the cut. Rom had to withdraw due to a, a, a stomach bug, but it's fun to watch those guys down to sixteen, seventeen, and eighteen. I mean, you saw uh, Hogue shot sixty-two course record. Yeah, um, I know he beat our friend Colt Nost. Uh, his course record. He was on on uh, I think he was playing Whisper Rock when he was watching it on his phone, and they showed him make the putt. So, but. Scheffler is impressive man I I, the guy just freaking gets it done and like that's the thing too is on Sunday he didn't have to do a whole lot in the first couple holes that that other guy kind of played himself out of it and then I think that's when Scheffler you know that's when he really turned it on because then it was his right Mm -hmm. I mean he made what four or five birdies in a row well and and
1: chips in I mean he chipped in Saturday when's the
2: last time you chipped in
1: the only time I chipped in when I threw the chips in on, in the poker game. I mean, I, it's been a long time. I mean, it's been a while. And these guys do it religiously. And then this Minwoo.
2: Yeah, him. Uh-huh. Uh,
1: my man, two holes on Saturday. I'm sitting there watching it, and they got that speed on there, man. His ball speed with his driver reached 192 miles an hour. But your Camry doesn't go 192 miles an hour, right? Okay, but why don't you not tell people what I do? I mean, this guy, the, the it's Unbelievable where this game's going. I mean one ninety two ball speed tour average one seventy two. It's crazy. That's it's crazy. why
2: I can't wait for you to get fit for a new driver, Bud, because I, I know. mean I'm watching you use this M five from seventeen mm-hmm. years ago at mm-hmm. the at Pine Needles. And yeah, I mean you hit it pretty good. But in reality, like you're losing fifteen yards on this thing. Yeah. You are. I know. The and, driver's dead, Bud. It was dead five years ago. You're still using it. Okay. Like, bud. All right. Go to the piggy bank it. and get some coins out and I get got a new driver. Back. Yeah. I, I'm a
1: do. I'm a dude. It was a fun two weeks, though, between the last episode and now. Um, and and today's
2: a big gambling day. Starts of a big gambling.
1: Today, the March Madness begins. Well, it technically began a couple of days ago, but today, it begins, and this is the greatest sports season of all time. All these bets, all these wagers, all these teams, Madness is going to be real this year. And also... So, yeah, I know you're going to watch. But also, this week started NFL Free Agency, another fun time in the sports world to see where all these players are going to go. Where is A-Rod going to go? Blah, 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 blah. And it doesn't really you know, fall short that we have two-time Super Bowl champion, ESPN analyst here on the pod today, Booger McFarlane, joining us on Jason Birdies. Goes hand-in-hand,
2: hand, right, bud? Goes hand-in-hand. Hand. Let's roll it on over to Booger McFarlane. Let's talk a little bit about Joyce's Jewelry. Make sure you go over to Joyce'sJewelry.com. Chase and Berry's 20 at checkout gets you 20% off your purchase. And then also, keep in mind, March 24th and 25th, if you're looking for a wedding band for yourself, for the lady, the man, whatever you need, they're going to have their spring wedding band event. You go there, Tell them the Chasing Birdie Boys sent you. Crown Ring will be there. Has an awesome array of men's bands. And then, of course, Joyce's Jewelry Collection. They're also going to give you an opportunity to win a $500 gift card. Joyce'sJewelry.com And go check them out on Instagram. Joyce's Jewelry.
1: Alright, y'all. Welcome back here to another episode of Chasin' Birdies. And today... We have another professional joining us, Pep. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. we have Pompeyani on, and today we're joined by the likes of Booger McFarlane. I hear his hands are better than Tiger Woods' massage therapist from the sand bunker. My man, thanks for joining us.
0: Hey man, glad to be here. Thanks for having me.
1: Oh man, we're we we're happy to have you. Two time Super Bowl champ. How you doing right now?
0: Hey man, I'm living life, man. It's the off season for me, so uh, that means a lot more times where my hands are on a golf club. So uh, that. <laughs> I couldn't be better. That's exactly right. Where are you right. coming from right now? Tampa, Florida, man. Sunshine oh. and no state taxes.
2: We were just Ooh. down there. We just went down and played uh, Old Memorial.
0: Yeah, not my favorite course in the area, but it, it's a good one. has a lot of national acclaim. Uh, I don't believe you should walk every round of golf uh, unless you're getting paid for it. So maybe that's a reason I don't look at it as high as some of the others, but it's definitely, uh, it's definitely a good golf course.
2: We've heard that before. Yeah. That, you know, I'm not walking. I'll ride everywhere. So, yeah, Tampa's is a great spot, man. Good, c- good cigars. A lot of cigars there. Good golf, and yeah. So, or you're you're with ESPN still?
0: Yeah, I've been I've been with ESPN since 20 2014. So I guess it's coming up on what nine, ten years. And uh, you know, started down in Charlotte at the SEC Network, man. So kind of cut my teeth there, worked my way up, and um, it's amazing. Like all along the way, like going to Charlotte, which is where the SEC network is located. Uh, I used to go to Charlotte every weekend. And so, you know, one of the first things that I do when I go uh, and visit a city, and I know I'm going to be there not only uh, a while, but I'm going to be there continuously. is I'm going to find out what the best golf courses in the area are. And when I get free time, I'll play them. And um, so I've worked in Charlotte. I've worked in Bristol. um, And the cool thing about it, even though I hate the cold weather, like Boog's not a fan of anything – That doesn't have at least a five in the first number. Um, And so, like, when you go to like Connecticut, which is where ESPN is located, uh, it starts getting chilly around October. It starts getting flat out cold, like, at the end of November. And so, um, I do college football Saturdays, NFL Sunday and Monday. So, Sunday mornings, I usually have a little free time. And so, I'm always on the golf course somewhere Sunday morning. And so it's kind of funny because until you kind of build up your, I guess, your stash of courses that you go play, I would just kind of cold call places on Sunday mornings and be like, hey, Booger here with ESPN. Uh, you mind if I come out and play your golf course? And most of them obliged. <laughs> Some of them are like, you know, well, you got to have a member and we only accept guests on Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday. I'm like, OK, buddy, like the <laughs> dirt's not that serious. Like, come on, it's just dirt, man. Like, come on. Uh, but yeah, man. So I've just been with ESPN and, and talking football and playing golf all along. That's great.
2: When your NFL career, you get drafted by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But through your NFL career, which you obviously had a successful one, did you think I want to do this after? I want to be a commentator after I'm done retiring, or did it kind of fall into your lap?
0: Well, I don't say it, I, I wouldn't say it fell into my lap. Uh, like I got done playing football in 20 or 2007 was my last season. And so for like the next three, four, five years, it's like, okay, let's let's figure out what we're gonna do in life. Started a family, got married, started having kids and uh, played golf four times a week, man. I mean, started really just playing like super well. And then all of a sudden it's like, you know what? Like, this is cool, but like, I, I need something else. And that's when I started, you know, kind of figuring it out. And I got a call one day from a buddy of mine, like in 2011, and he's like, hey, uh, cbs is starting a new radio station in tampa think you'd be perfect for it would you like to come audition I'm like sure um cbs very reputable company um good benefits the whole nine and so i started I, I i did it started doing local radio talking lightning bucks rays hockey had no idea what offsides was but i had to figure it out and learn and box and double plays and I did that for a couple of years, and that kind of led me to getting the job at ESPN, and so on and so forth.
1: That's great. We, you know, we 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 are two big hockey nuts up here too. Obviously, coming from from Pittsburgh region, you know, hockey's kind of instilled in your blood, and so is football. I mean, obviously the Steelers, um, but the whole hockey thing—it's just—it's—it's it's a whole different world, man. Th- those guys are—you know—they're—they're they're, in some respect some of the best athletes in the world. And I feel like they get overlooked sometimes. Um, but I got to tell you something, Booger. And you're going to laugh. Maybe you won't laugh. But I always enjoyed, and I just got to say this because you're on the podcast now. I always enjoyed watching you on Monday Night Football because I loved that moving chair that you would sit upon. <laughs> they would scale away, and then you could see you riding down the field, riding down the field. And I'm like, this is hilarious. I loved it. That's, that's what I thought about. I just wanted to tell you that.
0: Yeah, I appreciate it. It, it, was, it was something that you know the bosses were like, "Hey, this is going to be new and innovating and cutting edge," and it, it was different and it was unique. Um, I think there's certain things in life, though, that have proven to stand the test of time, mm-hmm. i.e., uh, the tire being round. No matter how, how they've improved the rubber, it's always going to be round. Like there's really no other way to make the tire, and, and I think. You know, when you look at football, um, being able to analyze and broadcast football, I think there's a reason the announcers are up above where you can see. Now, I I do think that the field analyst role that we have created over the last five or six years is cool, but I don't think you need to ride up and down in in like a motorized cart to get it done. Hey, we tried it. It didn't work. uh, But but I definitely appreciate the, the risk taken by the bosses. Yeah. I got gotcha. you,
2: well, and if that sticks man you're you're one of the innovators, right? so it would have been cool but so why golf when When did you get that passion and love for golf?
0: you know what man I, I think as a as an athlete, I think there's a there's a level of competitiveness that we all have, and you know when the body doesn't allow you to do your particular sport anymore, whether it's football, baseball, basketball, whatever it is, that competitiveness doesn't go away. so what do you do with it? Like there's only so much pool or jacks or whatever you can play. And, you know, I'm not going to be out here running races and doing a, a lot of different things. I'm not going to body build. And so golf was a way man that allowed that competitiveness to continue to come out. Plus it's really hard. And oh, yeah. I think, you know, when, when you want to, uh, when you get challenged with something, you want to continue to co- try to conquer it. And I think that's, ultimately what led me to really get into it. And on top of that, it's fun. And it's allowed me to meet a lot of people because I think golf bridges the gap between age, between race, between society, between economic status. It it bridges all those gaps. And it just allows you to go out and swing the golf club, man. And and you can meet a lot of people. You can have fun with a lot of people. It's just long enough. And you can make it short enough if you need to, two and a half, three to three and a half, four and a half hours. Where you can enjoy a level of competitiveness, and you can get just enough of it, where it wants you to come, it wants to make you come back every single time. So yeah, golf checks all the boxes for me, man.
2: I I understand that you uh, play rounds of golf pretty Um, quick—two hours for an eighteen-hole round. Is that? Yeah, I
0: I don't believe in being out there forever, man. Because here's the thing about it: it's like if you if you think about this, think about how long it takes you to hit a golf shot. Let's say you get to your ball, you get your yardage. 10 seconds. Right, once, you, once you get the yardage, it shouldn't take you more than 10 seconds to, to, to pull the trigger. Let's say, okay, if it takes you 15 seconds to pull the trigger, all right, 15 seconds to pull the trigger and you shoot 90, okay, you do the math. That shouldn't take a long time to play a round of golf. But what happens is we spend most of the time during the round talking on the tee box, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I tell my friends, hey, if we're going to talk, talk after you hit your shot. Then we can talk all day. Um, but golf is is fun. I do like to play at a brisk pace. I realize I'm not a professional. So, therefore, if the, if the yardage marker in the fairway says 150 and I look on the green and the flag is in the middle, then the yardage is going to be around 150. I don't need 154, okay? <laughs> I don't need 153. I need the, – the, the, the mark on the ground says 150, all right? I kind of look around. If there's no wind, pins in the middle, I'm grabbing a 9-iron. If it's a little uphill, I'm going to grab an 8-iron. If it's a, it's a little downhill, I might, I'm probably still going to hit a 9-iron. And I swing the club. Like I don't overanalyze this thing because as, a, as an amateur, most amateurs fall into this category. If I gave you five shots with the same club, you're probably going to hit it five different distances. Now, you could be in the same ballpark but it's not like you're hitting it 153 and a half like Johnny Miller every time. But so I I don't need to sit there with my range finder and be like, you know what? To get over that bunker is 137. Man, if I jump on this wedge, it can, I think I'll come on, man, hit the nine on it. Keep it. moving. (laughs) So yeah, I don't believe in all all the, you know, making this thing out to be rocket science, man. It's golf. It's fun. I think if you played long enough, you understand how far you hit your clubs uh, I, I think if you take your ego out and you can really be honest and you understand what you're capable of as a golfer, uh, and if you want to be better, you go practice and you get lessons. So that's kind of how I approach the game, man.
1: You, you would lose your mind at a coll- collegiate golf tournament. Oh my God. These guys, Booger, they sit there and do every, the exact opposite of what you just said. Wind, Yarn carry, sheets, pin, pin sheets, talking it over. I mean, these rounds are taking five and a half hours.
0: Yeah, but those guys are aspiring professionals, so I, I can understand. Even though they're amateurs, they are high level amateurs, and so I can understand them yeah. doing that when you're competing for a team. I, I, I can get that. I'm talking about showing up yeah. at okay, sh- showing up at Oakmont on Saturday morning at ten, and it's just you and you and two other buddies, and you guys are teeing it off. And both you guys hit the drive down there on, on number one at Oakmont, and it's a it's a downhill, and you got two thirty five to the to the green. All right, two thirty five to the green, and you're like, you know what? Is that a four iron? Okay, but like huh, seriously, I mean, pull the hybrid out, hit it, and let's go, man. Like, let's keep this moving, man.
1: <laughs> well, you talk about Oakmont. So, uh, what's your thought about Oakmont? Because I know you played it.
0: I, I think it's one of the best courses in America, man. I, I think that piece of property to 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 have stood the test the test of time mm-hmm. over the years to me uh, is one of the things you always look at in a great golf course. Uh, yeah, they've quote unquote lengthened it a little bit and found some more yardage. I think you have to do that with technology. However, with that being said, um, it's just man, it's just pure golf right in front of you, man. It's not a ton of tree. I think, what is like one tree on the golf course, one or two trees on the yeah, golf course. Yeah, there's a really trees. Um, you know, it, it, it has some iconic holes. You know, when you look at the church pews, when you look at some of the short par threes, you look at, what is that, 16s, six, the drivable par four? Seven, 17. 17. 17, yeah. And, and then you, you look at 18 as it's, it's coming back up to the clubhouse. So um, phenomenal. I love the golf course. And when, when I played it, we teed off on a Tuesday morning. What 7.45, 8 o'clock, I was done by 10.30. And I was standing in front of one of those showers at like 10.45. And to me, like the golf course is great and the golf course is 1A. But when you get in that locker room, that old so school sick. locker room with yep. those showers, like that's right there with 1B, the breakfast, the whole nine. I, I think it's one of the great country clubs in America based on – not just the golf course, but everything that goes on around the golf course,
2: yeah, I agree. I love when you walk in there on the benches the old back in the day, the metal spikes they used to put their foot on the on the bench, and the metal spike marks are still on every bench. I just think it's so cool they don't change very much history. in that locker room, no. well, the nice thing about
1: Oakmont is like you have to play in four hours, like regardless of whether you want to be you know tommy hero out there or just an amateur golfer you got to get it in because the member is going to be getting a letter
2: and it I, happens i have a i have a funny story a buddy of mine that's a member took some friends out one of his buddies wanted to come out that he did not know uh, uh, his buddy's friend he did not know and he came out with him and he's on the golf course taking photos all around they're having a beer after the course he said uh, did you get some good photos today he said, "Yeah, I got great photos. Thank you so much." He said, "Good cuz it's the last time you'll be coming here." <laughs> and it was because wow. it, it's like, dude, just play the golf course. You got to play or if you're not in 4 hours, they're getting pressed when the when the guy when the ranger comes out, you see him, you know you got to get moving. It's uh again, there's no excuse for it. 4 hours walking.
0: Well, it's, it's nothing wrong with taking a picture, man, but listen, if you a prime example, if 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 we're playing a foursome and, and I hit my drive, That means three other people have got to hit. You take your picture while the three other people are hitting if you want to, and then you keep it moving. Like, it's nothing wrong with doing that. You just got to understand, like, we don't need to stop and have a meeting to do all this. Uh, Like, other people have to hit also. Like, there's plenty of time to do uh, a lot of different things. You just got to say, you know what? I'm not going to be out here. like, Like, this is fun. This is competitive. I'm enjoying it but i'm not going to make this like this is not going to be an all day affair out there like i just don't believe golf is an all day affair I, it, like even when you play uh, you know it's one thing to go to augusta and spend a couple days there and you play golf and you go in the locker room and you take in the whole ordeal like that's one thing cuz now i'm gonna be here it's different or from going to pine valley and I'm gonna, I'm gonna i'm gonna do the experience but most of the clubs in, in america when you show up Hey man like guys are you have local guys there even national guys like guys are coming to experience the golf course play golf we're trying to hit it and move on man three and a half four hours like golf is not a game that should take over four hours to play it should yeah.
2: you mentioned pine valley what, what's your thoughts of that whole experience
0: i've actually never played pine valley it's one of the spots that, I, that, I, that i've never played um uh my i got a couple several people that are members i had a trip scheduled there for mid-April in 2020. Well, we all know the pandemic hit in March. Uh-huh. And so we had to cancel our trip. Um, I just I, I just hadn't been, but I got a couple people that are members there. I just hadn't been back. I heard it's a great experience. It's awesome, but he, here's my feeling about golf courses, man. Like even the most prestigious golf courses in the world. I understand access and membership has its privileges, but at the end of the day, man, it's dirt, all right? This is what we're dealing with. Like it's dirt, it's grass, it's dirt. I'm not a big believer of, man, this is such hollow ground that oof, like we can't have X, Y, Z. Okay, man, It's life is about relationships. Like, It's about who you know, who you know, when you know them, and the ability to use those relationships. And so I, I just don't believe, like people say, man, it's tough to get on. Eh, it's not tough to get on. You just got to know the right person. And so like when I talk to these people at certain places who say, man, yeah man, we can only allow guests on Tuesday or Wednesday. Okay, what's so special about Tuesday or Wednesday? Like seriously. Like come on. <laughs> like, like what's wrong with Friday? Okay, I get it. The members the members get the Friday morning times. Let's I mean, can I come out Friday at one? Like come on, man. Like I, I it's, oftentimes people at these places, they revere their their spots so much, man, that it, it sometimes it's and I get it. Membership has its privileges, but at certain points, man, it becomes annoying. It's like, come on, man, like it's dirt. Like I got, yeah. I got similar dirt back in Florida where I live. Like it may, it may be different than yours in New Jersey or wherever, but uh, come on, it's just dirt, man.
1: It's a, it's a network now with these golf clubs, man. It's like everyone's trying to chase and get on these certain clubs. Like you said, it's who you know, relationships. I know someone here, I know someone there, uh, and at the end of the day, everybody should be able to to play. I mean, you know, but. Golf does put that little bit of prestige on things. I mean, it is one of the sports where it is a networked, driven type game. Mm -hmm. Um, And whether that's good or not, I don't know. But you talk about the time and the pace of play. I always wondered what it would look like on tour if they put a shot clock on for these guys. I mean, I think they got the speed down now, but you see what they're doing uh, with baseball now, they got that pitch clock, eight seconds or whatever, and that, that's already affected a couple games recently in spring training, so, you know, they talked about that in the past, about having having a shot clock on for the tour, but I, what's your take on it? I don't think that's really necessary.
0: Yeah, you don't need shot clocks in no. golf, man. I, I just think that, uh, again, uh pace of play only comes up at certain times of year, majors, because it, the courses are harder. Uh, anytime Kevin Nye is playing, um, you know, the, the, there's certain times where a pace of play comes up. Most of the time, I, a prime example, like I was watching the Honda this this past weekend. Pace of play wasn't an issue, man. I mean, Chris Kirk, the guy got a yardage. He stepped up. And when he, when he when he had a shot, he hit the shot. Now, when you get in adverse situations, in the, you know, under a tree or in the water, yeah, things slow down. I think most people understand that. But that's that's one of those moments that everybody wants to see when a guy's taking his shoes off or when a guy's, you know, when there's disaster potentially happening because the ball is under a tree and you're trying to take a swing. So um, I don't think golf has a pace of play issue where baseball, baseball needed that because baseball games were, you know, teetering on three and a half, 345, four hours, which is way too long. Like, I think uh, there were two games that I I, I read about with the the pitch clock that were less than two and a half hours. Uh That's pretty good. Like 225, 228, that's pretty good. And I think baseball warranted that because too much time was spent with the batter adjusting his gloves 17 times because that's his habit. Or the pitcher wanted this, you know, he had to go through this ritual. Like, yeah. hey, man, put your foot on the rubber, get the get the sign, get ready. And I think 15 seconds is more than enough time to gather yourself uh, and be on the rubber ready to throw a pitch. Also, it, it's more than enough time for the batter to be in the box ready to go also.
1: Yeah, I agree. So you mentioned you were watching a Honda Classics. So let me ask you this: you you didn't want to tune into the CW and watch Live Golf over in Mexico?
0: You know what? It's, it's one of those things, man, where like it, it hasn't become a habit yet. Uh-huh. I think I will uh, eventually because I, I like as far as the Live and the PGA PGA Tour have to do with each other. I think I look at Live. Live is doing. Live did things to make the PGA Tour better, and I think there's a reason why that a lot of those golfers went over to live, not only the money, let's face it, the money was the primary reason they went. But I I do think a lot of things that they did spurned the PGA Tour to be better. Um, As a golfer, I just want to see the best players in the world play. And if, if they're playing for live, I'm going to watch live. They're playing, you know, like this week, you could argue that the field for live was better than the field for the Honda. Uh, but it hasn't become a habit yet. Like we know or, 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 or we are we are wired that on Sunday or Saturday, if I want to watch golf, CBS, NBC, By CBS, I'm going to get Jim Nance and uh, Trevor Immelman. NBC, I'm going to get uh, Dan Hicks and Azinger. Like, like that's how we're wired right now. We have to create a new habit to watch live on the CW. And, and it'll take some time. But if they got the best players in the world playing, it'll happen. There's no question, especially on the weekend. Like, am I going to want to watch Chris Kirk and Eric Cole, or do I want to watch DJ Brooks, Kepka, Poulter, and those guys? I think most people know the bigger names, and once they figure out, hey, on the weekend it's on CW, I think those those uh, those numbers will go up.
2: When this whole thing with the Live and the PGA Tour happened, I kind of was like, man, the Live, that's a, I hate that. The Live Tour, blah, blah, blah. The more I sit back and look at it, the better, like you said, it is for the PGA Tour. The PGA Tour has made some changes that, again, when you're sitting right here and nobody's pressing you or pressuring you to do something different, you're going to keep doing the same old thing and not get better or either way. And I think that's one thing that the Live Tour has gotten the PGA Tour to, to do. Um, the pur- you know, they're getting some bigger purse events. Um, you know Tiger and Rory came out with this little league that they're going to start doing. Um, and to be honest, Rory stepped up and, and voiced for the PGA Tour, which was the best thing ever that he could do. And then he goes and wins the um, FedEx Cup after he puts his voice out there. So I think the Live Tour has pushed the PGA Tour to do things a little differently for the better.
0: Yeah, I, I think two things it did. One, uh, more money. I think they have those nine, uh, nine premier events where the persons are going to be twenty to twenty-five million dollars, and also it's going to force the best players in the world. Like, if you want our tour to be what it should be, you got to you got to play. Like, yeah. Roy made a great statement. Like, what sports in the world do the athletes decide when when they play? Usually, the sport sets the games and the athletes play. Well, in golf, it's different. Golf has so many events that the athletes pick and choose their own schedule. Well, that's probably not the way it should be. And I think Liv has forced those guys to show up at these designated events. Like Bay Hill this week. Bay Hill is a designated event. And it's a $20 million purse. And all the big guns are going to be there. And I Mm -hmm. think it's really great because you can tune in and you got Bay Hill. And you got a legendary course. Well, guess what? I think it's going to be pretty interesting to see how the Masters shakes out because the masters will be the first major where live and the PGA tour are all at the same event. And it wouldn't surprise me that if that leaderboard on Thursday consisted of a lot of live players, because when you think about some of the big game hunters that they have, that are going to be at Augusta, Dustin, Cam Smith, um, Patrick Reed, Brooks Kepka. Patrick Reed, uh, Mito Pereira, I think, is a guy who just went over to live. Like, that, all the guys that have been competing are going to be there. And I think what's he going to say if those guys – I'm not going to say win the tournament, but if they are dominating the leaderboard, I want to see how much ESPN and CBS leans into it. Are they going to just call it like, hey, here's Dustin, here's Patrick Reed, or are they going to lean into the live versus PGA tour? That'll be interesting. I don't know if Augusta is going to quote-unquote allow that, or do they just say, hey, broadcast the tournament regard like you always do, or do you lean into the live PGA battle within the mm-hmm. Masters or the U.S. Open or PGA or whatever?
2: I, I did say months ago, I said whatever Augusta does – is what the rest of the majors are going to do. Because all four majors are their own uh, governing body, essentially. And I'm telling you, if Augusta would have said, number one, they wouldn't have made an announcement. It would just have been a letter sent out that you're not even, or just not invited. And once they said that they're allowed to play, every other other major came out and said, yeah, they're welcome to play. And Augusta is, they're the trend center. I mean, it's as big as it gets. For sure.
1: Well, I think that,
2: you know, with respect
1: to the majors, I don't have an issue with those guys playing in them. I mean, again, as as a golf fan and a spectator, which is what we are, we want to see the best competing at that level in, in those tournaments. Um, and this is unlike anything else that have ha- has happened in sports, and, and, and you know more about it, Booger, than me, but my point is, like, you look at the XFL compared to the NFL. The XFL isn't going to rival the NFL. This is just like a fill-in league for some players that may not have had a chance to make it in the NFL. But that's not the case with Live and PGA Tour. Live is taking top-notch players in the world and creating this new tour. So it's unlike anything we have ever seen in sports. So it's just interesting to see how it shakes out coming into its second year.
0: Yeah, it, it's interesting, and I don't know how the schedule falls, but if if Live is having their events on these non-designated PGA Tour weekends, then that's just great for Liv. Because once people realize that, hey, again, instead of watching Chris uh, Chris Kirk and Eric Cole, I can tune in to watch all the players that I named earlier, then everybody's tuning to the CW. Yeah. Um, it, it would be tough if Liv had an event next week. I don't know if they have one next week or not, but if Liv had an event next week, or this week, should I say, and Bay Hill's going on, Yes, it's going to be tough on Liv just because mm-hmm. our habits are going to, say, turn to NBC. I got Bay Hill. Even though NBC has switched over from Gary Cole and Roger Maltby, we got all these new guys. That's a whole different story now with Paxson and all these new guys. Uh, but I just wonder when when they're going to have their, uh, their events. I think they have 14 events this year, and they've had, what, one or two? So do those events fall on non-designated weekends? And and I know they don't fall on majors, but do they fall on non-designated event weekends?
2: So let me ask you something. And, you know, you being a professional athlete, uh, in 1997, the world was uh, graced with Tiger Woods winning his first major. Everything he's been through, how good of an athlete is Tiger Woods?
0: Um. Well, I I think, obviously, the the easy answer is he's a great athlete, but I think you have to understand why. Because what makes a great athlete is not just the the, the physical prowess, which is the athletic ability, the hand-eye coordination, the explosiveness, the flexibility, the coordination, all those things. It's the mental toughness and the mental ability to do those things under duress repeatedly. And I think that's what makes Tiger Woods one of the great athletes of all time. We can see the physical attributes. We can see those things. Like I can pull up, you know, I can turn on the golf channel and watch Brando Sham talk about spine angle and rotation and ground force and all those different things. What you can't see is, is the mental fortitude that it takes to, A, um entrain those habits in your body or your process and B the the mental toughness that it takes over and over to practice those and under the gun when there's when when it's seven rows deep as far as you can see and there's two thousand people on one hole watching you, can you do it when everybody's watching? A lot of people can perform like we've all had our rounds of our life where we went out and shot the best round ever. How many people are watching other than the three people in your group? How many people look at like Tiger Woods and LeBron James and some of the great athletes have had to do this with millions and millions of people watching and thousands of thousands of people right there looking at them. And I think that's what makes him one of the greatest athletes of all time. Things you can see, but more importantly, things you can't see, because we've seen great golfers or we've heard of talented golfers. Remember Ty Tryon who was supposed to be the phenom. Uh-huh. Um, I, I can't think of some other guys that were supposed to be these great phenoms at a young age, but they never materialized. And yeah, there were injuries that were there.
1: Anthony but,
0: and Exactly. Why didn't that talent manifest into what it, what it should have been? You know, you look at Charles Howard III, who's had a really good career. Incredible. Probably hadn't been what it should have been. You know, you, you look at, You know, some of the great golfers of our time who were super talented, uh, I think like Sergio Garcia, super talented golfer. Why didn't how come he didn't win more? And A, the PGA Tour is hard. But B, I just think there's a level of, you know what? I'm successful. uh, I'm happy. I feel good. I'm not going to work as hard like that's a natural human trait. Once you get to the top of the mountain, you take a seat. I don't think Tiger's ever taken a seat. Now it's part of the reason why his body's broken down. Um, you know, um, car crash aside, even before that, it was his back. Like the back was breaking down, the knee, the Achilles, all the things that he that he went through. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's it's his mental fortitude, man.
2: I do. I think the the coolest thing over the last six seven years. I think part of it is. Contributing from Tiger being a father, you know his kids, his his son getting to see Charlie getting to see him win a Masters, his fifteenth major, which was awesome to watch. But I really enjoy him talking to other PGA Tour players, joking around, going the girl that had the sign and and went over and handed her a glove and checked off the sign for her uh, to meet Tiger Woods. Things like that is it's awesome to see Tiger be yeah. Tiger. Right. Because in the first 15 years of his career, it was so stoic he was so focused. He did not even look left or right. Um, so to see him actually be this person that is, is very caring for other people is really cool to watch.
0: Yeah. That's a great thing, man. Again, he just, I think old age softens us all, man. (laughs) Like this kind of how it goes. It softens us all
1: up. we, yeah, that's true. Um, speaking of old age, I mean, I, I read something about you, uh, Dilly dallying with Gary Player. I mean, how that did you ever get to play with Gary? I mean, what's going on with that?
0: Never got a chance to play with Gary. Gary called into a radio show and he was just talking noise or whatever that I was on Mike and Mike years ago, and I just told him like him Trevino, like all these old guys. At some point, the laws of physics says that I'm going to be favored when it comes to this. Okay, if I'm 45 and you're 90, I would I'll I'll take me over Gary Player or. Lee Trevino like I don't think Lee Trevino has seen his toes in years okay <laughs> so I'll take me over them and so that's kind of how that thing uh got started and they started talking trash and we were going back and forth and it's all in fun and and I talked to his one of his managers or whatever and we tried to set up a match in Orlando but we we, we never did it
1: that's funny yeah, I was reading that I was laughing because Gary said well I'll, I'll walk on my hands or something or I'll walk around the course like, yeah, it, yeah. Was, it
0: it was pretty funny
1: I did play uh, with Trevino a couple years ago, and the guy still hit the ball like, like he never left the tour. It was unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. Um. But uh, man, we we are so happy to have you on here, and I know we're going to be kind of ending ending the segment here shortly. But um, you know, just wanted to say thanks again for joining us here on Chasing Birdies
2: with your son playing and for the Pittsburgh Steelers. We got to get you up this way a little bit more during the season, man. We got some good golf up here. I know that you have not played.
0: Well, that's for. Well, first of all, again, people. It's not just you, but people make that mistake a lot. That's not my son. Uh oh. he he just uh, people like if I if I've been asked about that for like ten, if I've been asked ten times, I've been asked a million. Oh, wow. Junior, same name, whatever, but no no relation whatsoever.
2: That's nice, bud. I I, mean, I I mean, I was excited. I looked it, it on it. on the it, yeah, bud. Well, I looked it online and it said relate. And I'm like, well, this is that's pretty cool. His son plays for the Steelers. Nah. that's nice. Not even a son. <laughs> well, you exactly. can still come to Pittsburgh, bud.
0: <laughs> I, I trust me. I would I'll definitely come up there and check
1: it out, man. Hey, we're gonna turn this uh this segment over to the last piece of the show here, Booger, called the tap in segment, presented by Bettinardi Golf. Jonathan's gonna ask you four questions that demand your quick witted response. And uh
2: here you go. They're kind of fun. Let's do it. Most memorable round of golf.
0: Probably the first time I played Augusta, because I was Ooh. such, uh, I was such in awe of the history that had gone on at the place. Um, standing on the tee box, uh, some of the the members that were there, um, some of the people that worked there came outside because I was with myself and Derek Brooks, who is a much more notable football player, Hall of Fame guy. And so here we are, teeing off, and before you know it, there's 40 people on the tee box between workers, caddies, players, the group in front of us let us go through, the group behind us. So next thing you know, we got 40 people in the tee box, and uh, the member that was hosting my group says, hey, Anthony, all right, why don't you lead us off?" And literally, I've I've played in two Super Bowls. I've done a lot of different things. It's the most nervous I've ever been in my life.
2: Uh, I know the feeling. Best player that you ever played against in the NFL?
0: Larry Allen, not even close. Uh, He's a Hall of Fame NFL offensive lineman. Unreal. Unreal.
2: All right. Dream golf course you want to play.
0: Wow. Um, Man. uh, I want to go to St. Andrews, man. I want want to go play St. Andrews.
2: We just did an Ireland trip this past summer, man, and that was awesome.
0: Yeah, I I bet. St. Andrews is good, though. All
2: right. Last question. What are you chasing?
0: Um. Par. <laughs> hey, that's not Simple bad, that, dude. I'm chasing par.
2: Staying
1: level. I love it, man. Well, listen, it was awesome connecting with you. And shout out to Pega for helping us land this. But, uh you know, maybe you come up to Pittsburgh. We all get together, peg it up. Like Pep said, there's so many good courses around the area, and we can make something
2: happen for sure. Mosey on down to West Virginia, Morgantown. There's a little gem there.
0: No question. We'll do it, man. uh At some point soon, man. Looking forward to it.
2: Yeah. Thanks again
1: man i love seeing a guy like booger just just loving the game of golf man i mean i wish he would have done the thing with gary player i think that would have been great for content for both of them yeah i mean gary player I, I, would have just I, leveled it up could you imagine booger and my dad playing together bud they'd be done in two hours
2: and 10 minutes they'd be in each other's way <laughs> they, they would play in two hours and still be in each other's way because one would be faster than the other i mean it's just like that's awesome. He's right though. Let's let's talk to me after, bud. Like let's yeah. hit and then yeah. talk. You want to take photos, dude? After you hit, bud.
1: I agree. I agree. I gotta give a shout out though to Jr. Hess Jr. and Pega for making it in- intro to us uh, to get Booger on. So Jr. and Pega, you guys rock. Thank you for for doing that because without you guys, we would not have had the man on the show today. So shout out to you two. Um, great episode though, and also. You know, it is coming here. We, we, we gained another hour, which means daylight savings time. I don't know. Is it over? Did it start? I don't I don't, I don't even know. But the point being is longer nights means you can get out on a course a little later in the day. Summer's around the corner. Late spring. And no better place to go to than Nemecolin to check them out up there. Play some golf. Indoor, outdoor. Nemecolin.com. Five star all around. If you guys in, in New York or Colorado or Illinois... I know you guys listening out there. If you have not come to Nemecolon outside of Pittsburgh, you're missing out. Check them out online at nemecolon.com.
2: Two events coming to Nemecolon that you should probably mark down, bud. You got the the Joe Hardy Big Smoke, Mm -hmm. um, which is in May, Mother's Day weekend. Uh, Best ball, gross, and net. And then on Sunday, June 4th, playing through. We've had two of the three playing through members coming. Um, on our podcast, you have Tyler Reeves, Cole Taylor, and Cole Swindell coming to Nemecolon Sunday night, 8 p.m. at the peak. Book your room. Be here. It's going to be fun. I'm telling you.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some good good stuff to look forward to here. Chasing birdies and golf and life and everything else that we're trying to do. Um, but you know what, guys? Guys. It's always a pleasure being able to deliver you some good stuff here. I hope you all enjoyed today's episode. And stay tuned. We'll have another drop in two weeks. Hopefully it's just as good as this one. And anything else you want to say, bud? I know you're itching over there to try to get, get out and watch some basketball games. I mean, I don't start yet, but...
2: No, nothing. Keep chasing them, guys, on the course, off the course. Chasingbirdies.com and chasing underscore birdies on Instagram. Make sure you like it. We're going to be doing some more giveaways some new merch thank you again for tuning in
1: and thank you to evo and his team over at simpler media for putting this thing together rachel london jacqueline dipaterio for all your social media help we appreciate it and we appreciate you guys listening to us so we'll check y'all here in two.